following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. sermonette um, to just kind of step into our um, topic that I'm going to be looking at over the next couple weeks. We are in a series called I Am Certain, and uh, Pastor Bob kicked it off last week with a really powerful word about being certain of the goodness of God, being certain of it not just because he does good things, but because he is good that that's his nature, he has no other way of being. And, um, and he mentioned, and it's true, this series and this kind of, we're just going to spend however long here that God tells us to stay here. The Lord dropped into my heart in a time of prayer, and I'm going to be honest, not a super focused time of prayer, like putting my makeup on, drying my hair, going, you know, can, talking with God in between But he stopped me in my tracks, and he dropped this statement, I am certain, into just the center of me. But what came with it was a faith. I felt this kind of infilling of faith, where he said, the time of uncertainty is coming to an end. It's time to be certain. And that there is an expectation. I, I remember just weeping Because there was like this kind of like unbelief and sense of uncertainty that was just kind of coming out as faith came in. And so I believe it's not just about, I would not for a minute want us to think we're going to look at doctrinal statements that we base our faith on. Yeah, kind of, not really. What we're doing is we are opening ourselves up to the Lord to say, settle it in us. Settle this in us and solidify the, the truth of who you are in us. One of the other things I felt like he was speaking to me is that we, in this season, have really begun to focus a lot on what feels uncertain. We've really begun to look at, this feels uncertain. And even as we question, I loved, I loved, uh, I loved Zion's transparency and just saying, hey, I'm working this stuff through. How many of you are working stuff through in your faith and in, in what God's doing and, and what we believe, even in that, we can sometimes begin to start building around the things that feel uncertain. And we start making decisions based on what feels uncertain. And I believe that the Lord is calling us to a place where he says, build on what you're certain of and begin to drive towards those things you're certain of. Don't sit over here trying to build a life or a doctrine or a sense of belief around what feels uncertain to you. And so I just felt like he's drawing us to this place where he's establishing and solidifying some certainty for us because it's on that that everything else is going to be built. Amen? Amen. So last week we were looking at the reality of the certainty of his goodness that there comes a place where we have to be able to say, God is good, regardless of what I see in a circumstance, regardless of what I don't understand about what's happening in my life. 
I can come to this place where I know that God is good. There have been moments for me that that has been solidified, and those moments were in all of the places where I didn't get what I wanted and what I expected. But there came, I came out of that with a certainty and a faith that God is good. And then I began to see his goodness working through those things. So today, I want to talk about the, the reality of his love. Pastor Bob said that um, he used the verse, surely your goodness will follow me all the days of my life. That verse says, surely your goodness and faithful love will follow me all the days of my life. Some, some translations say your goodness and mercy, but it's your goodness and your faithful love will follow me. And so I want us to come into this. I feel like he was doing it during worship. He was settling in us something about his love. Now, today, um, I really wanted to focus on not just his love for me, but just his love, that he is love, that not only does he define love, but that he actually is love. And so we know that if he's love in the same way that not, we, we can look at something and say, that's not good, it's because we're comparing it to the good God. That's why, because he's the measure for goodness. The same is true, he's the measure for love. And so we need to have a certainty of that, that, it, that he is the source of love. That also means that we don't get to define what we think love looks like. He defines that because he is love. And, and so we look to the word and we look to what he has to say about that to define that. So the text that we're going to start with and end with, is, uh, is a very familiar text. It's probably, for many of us, it's the first verse we ever memorized. And not only that, it's not just familiar in churches. You've probably seen it on a sign somewhere at NASCAR. You've probably seen it tattooed on somebody's bicep under a cross. You've probably seen it on the cup at In-N-Out Burger or the bag at Forever 21. Did you know that? Forever 21 had, had I don't know if it still does, John 3.16 on it. I don't get that. But, but it's a familiar verse, and I think sometimes overly familiar. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And this is what I want us to be certain of, that as we're watching everything that's going on around us in the world, as we, we see all these things and it creates a sense of uncertainty in us, what is the economy going to look like? What is morality going to be? What, is, you know, what, are, what rights are we going to have? What's going to go on in this country? Is Ukraine going to get to be Ukraine? You know, all the things that are going on around us, we can be certain of this. God loves the world. Amen. That he has, this good God has set his affection on the world and he hasn't stopped. He loves the world. So when I look at any circumstance that's going on in the world, I can know he's not angry, he's not dismayed, he's not disappointed, he's not, he loves the world. He hasn't stopped pursuing the world with his love. So 
this verse, it's, it's apt that it's one of the first verses that we memorize because it really summarizes the gospel very well. It's, it's the reality that the motivation of everything that God does towards the world is love. And the method that God uses is love. And so we have no right to do anything else other than also love. We don't get to look at that. We do, there's not one person, there's not one nation that he doesn't say, yeah, I love them. And so we want to step into that place of certainty, both the certainty that a good God loves the world, and when we're talking about the world here, we're talking about the inhabitants of the world. That, that word world, the same word, the same Greek word, is used a bunch of different times in the New Testament. And we have to look at the context to define. Sometimes the world is referring to those who are outside the faith. But it's the context that helps us know that. In this case, the world means all inhabitants. Because the next sentence, or the next part of the sentence is, God so loved the world that whosoever believes, whosoever, the inhabitants, any person who believes. So he's, he, his love is set on the world. Goodness gracious. So here's, here's what we are just, I'm just going to get into it just briefly so I have a place to pick it up next week. We need to recognize, like it or not, he loves the world. And that means he doesn't care if they like it or if they don't like it. And he doesn't care if I like it or, I, or, or if I don't like it. It's kind of like our, our kids. There comes a place where our kids feel frustrated with us and they, they want to distance from us or whatever because there's something going on. And I go, well, like it or not, I love you. <laughs> the difference is that God's love is perfect and mine is not. I am so grateful that a perfect God loves my kid when I love my kid imperfectly. But he loves the world. His love is set on them like it or not. What is interesting is we need to recognize he's speaking to a particular person when he's talking about this. When we, when we look at the chapter, John 3, He's preaching to Nicodemus. Nicodemus, what we know about him is he's a Pharisee. And he comes to Jesus in the middle of the night because he knows that something's happening. He knows that God sent him, Jesus. He knows that God's doing a new thing. And so he comes in secret to Jesus to talk to him about this thing of love and what God's doing on the earth. And this is Jesus talking to him and saying that God... He's, He's presenting the gospel to him, that God so loved the world. What is interesting is Nicodemus made a life out of, he believed that the proper response to God's love was to separate from the world, to separate from everything unclean, to separate and to not have any association. That's what he believed that God's love was. And here's Jesus saying, God loved the world so much that he sent me into the middle of it. Not to be, not to be um, of the world, but to be in it. 
and to bring this, this reality of God's love into that place. And so he was presenting that to Nicodemus, who I'm sure that was a mind shift for him. And not only that, but he's telling Nicodemus, who believed that there was a certain people that God loved. There was a certain people that, that followed these rules. And, that, and he's saying, no, God loved the world. This is partly how we knew when, when uh, Gentiles began to get saved in the New Testament, we knew because he loved the world. He offered this to all. So we need to recognize that we have a God who has set his love on the world. Later on, it says he didn't come to condemn the world, but to save it. Do you know that it wasn't Jesus's condemnation or judgment of the world that brought persecution to him? That's not, that wasn't the issue. It wasn't that he was per judging and condemning the world. It was the, um, the what's the word, uh, un- yeah, it was the unconditional love that caused persecution of him. It was the fact that he went into places that nobody else would go. He broke all the rules. It wasn't his judgment that brought persecution. It was his love. But we need to recognize that there was, it's not just that he had that love, but there was a specific way that God loved when we say, God so loved the world, how many of you, well, okay, maybe you don't. Sometimes I think I'm not the only one. Sometimes I'm the only one. How many of you look at that and go, God loved the world so much that he gave Jesus? We use it as an intensifier. God so loved the world. In fact, if you're ever writing or texting, the more O's that you add, the more intense it is, right? Like, I'm so thankful with just one O doesn't mean as much as I'm so thankful with four O's. <laughs> and so I've looked at this verse like that. God loved the world so much that he gave his son. It was a quantifier, but here's the truth of it. That's not how it's written. That's not what so means in that sentence. Does it mean God's love isn't great or that it's so? No, it doesn't. There's other verses that tell us that. There's a, a hundred other verses that tell us about the largeness of God's love, how much he loves. This verse is telling us how he loved. This verse is saying, in this manner. God loved the world in this manner. He sent his son Jesus so that all who believe in him will not perish, will be separated from death and come into life. And we need to recognize this is the manner of love that God shows to the world. This is why we should never be ashamed of the gospel message because it tells us, not just in this place, in multiple places, in uh, John 4, verse 9, in this, the love of God was manifested, that God sent his only begotten son. Uh, Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
we need to not, <clears throat> we need to focus on the, the reality that when we're bringing God's love to the world, yes, we meet needs. Yes, we, we love and, and we accept. And, but ultimately, God says, my love looks like this. It looks like giving Jesus. We can't withhold that from the world and say that we're loving the world. So we need to recognize that he has set his love on the world and that he's done it by giving Jesus. Okay. We're going to talk more about this next week. Eventually, we are going to get into this certainty. There's one, I think it's important that we first understand the God loves the world part. Then there comes this place where now my response to his love allows me to know, he loves me. He loves me completely. That we would sing that like we sang it during worship and be so convinced and so certain with no question and no doubt because that gives us a kind of confidence that we can walk in that nothing else will. But for right now, I want us to come into this reality, into this truth that God loves the world. As we close, here's what I want us to do. I want you to think of a person or people group, either that, that the Lord, when, when we said God loves the world, yes, even them, I want you to, to allow the Holy Spirit to bring that to mind, or a person who you feel is kind of outside of God's love, not receiving God's love. Maybe it's a prodigal in your family. Maybe it's, it's somebody that you just really have a heart to see them saved, but they're not receiving the love of God. I want us to think of whatever the Holy Spirit brings to mind. And we're just going to take a minute and we're going to let him um, minister to us the reality of his love for them. That we're just going to sit and, and we're going to ask him, would you show me your love for them? So God, we just want to open ourselves beyond our own love, beyond our own ability for this person, for this people group, God. Would you give me a revelation of your outrageous love for them? Yeah, would you give us a confidence that you are still pursuing them with your love? Would you displace our own human love for them and fill it with this God kind of love that you have? Yeah, and would you just give us a confidence in that? We thank you for how powerful your love is to change things, to transform people. 
Would you show us where we've had confidence in our own love, where we've tried to define it ourselves? God, we want to receive your love, this love that you talk about. Yeah, we thank you, Lord, for the love that looked through time and space and set your affection on them. Help us to see that. Yeah. Thank you. I would encourage you because this, it's a lot of love, and it can't happen in this two-minute experience we've just had. <laughs> I would encourage you to sit with this sometime this week and just ask the Lord, God, would you show me, would you expand my understanding of your love? Would you um, show me places where I have thought your love can't go? Would you show me places that I'm not confident of your love being set on them? And just let him speak to you about that throughout the week. I think we pray differently when we're certain. When we pray for someone that really needs an encounter of God's love, when we're certain that his love is set on them and that the way that his love has been given is through Jesus, it gives us a confidence I pray that we would have a confidence in sharing Jesus with people because we realize this is the way God loves. Yeah? Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.